0: welcome to church so good to have everybody you guys may be seated in the house man I love me some worship amen it is so good thank you guys for your gift uh, your gifts your talents uh, for those that are wondering we do have Yvette up here for the first time on a Sunday she's here in the house we have an incredible team that is always here, but she's the one that I have to say it once, so I don't have to say it a thousand times, because everybody's gonna be like, so that girl that was like singing and that, I'm like, yeah, that's Yvette, and uh, she is new, and she's going to be with us hopefully a few more times, and uh, maybe a little more regularly. We'll see her and her, her son, husband Sam are here, uh, but it's good to have your gift here. We love you. Thank you for investing it in the house here today. Amen. Now we are in a series called Winning Where It Matters. Winning Where It Matters. You know, we can win in a lot of different places inside of our lives, but it, what matters to God is what shouldn't matter to us. And what matters to God is relationship. You know, he created hu- humanity, put him in a garden, said, hey, I'm gonna come every once in a while, and uh, I just wanna be in relationship with you. All of a sudden, the apple was eaten, and all shame had stepped in there like, whoa, hey, uh, God, well, we didn't know like you were showing up right now, and bam, uh, relationship was broken. Uh, so we want to, um, we are having this conversation here today and um, uh, talking about relationships because it matters to God. Now, first, first week we talked about yourself. What matters to God is you. He knows every hair that is on your head. Now, he, he, he knows you. He loves you. And if you aren't good between the ears, more than likely you can't be good in any other relationship, right? As my hood comes out, if you ain't good, Nothing else can be good, right? That's my hood coming out. Um, but if you are not good inside of your life, more than likely no relationship inside of your life is going to be good because you yourself are dysfunctional. You will bring that dysfunction into all other relationships. Last week, we talked about your marriage, the, the, the home, the, this, this beautiful place uh, or marriage, the, the relationship that is defining the home, the relationship that ultimately is creating uh, uh, health for the home. So goes the marriage, so goes the home. And we can live in a generation here today that doesn't necessarily focus on that marriage. Like, what does it mean? What does love really look like? How does the the dynamics really look like? And so we talked about marriage last week, and this week we want to talk about family Uh, winning with your family. So goes the home, so goes our society. We live in a world here today where the home is destroyed. Probably shouldn't be too surprised about the society in which we are living in here today. Broken down. Now, God can always bring back broken things. He always likes to put back broken things. So we're going to jump into it. You guys ready to roll? Yeah. Let's roll, baby. Talk about the family. How many of you guys have ever been in a place in your life where a child and or a spouse could be one moment completely in a place of like, I love you, to the second moment, you're the worst person that's ever existed on the face of the earth. Anybody been there? With your kids, you know, they go one to the other, and your spouse, you know, not trying to get into those trenches. We talked about that last week, but it's a reality, right? We live in a world that can be high highs, low lows. You know, I've talked about my daughter, Brinley, who is a challenge. She's two years old, but she's completely different than her sister. She is our child that literally can be one moment, kicking, scratching, screaming, I don't like this, I want it, I don't get it, you know to I love you, I love you dad, I love mom, I love sister, we're one big family. You know, one cool thing that we do, and you could rip this, but one cool thing we do as a family that we're in, wherever we're at, we'll do it. Cool places, if we're out like doing stuff, or we're just at home, we'll get hands in. And It's gotta be in order, because Bryn makes sure it's in order. Daddy first, then mommy, then sister, then her. And then we do all the reverse hands. Then we say one, two, three, family. And it's our little thing that it's us, we're a family unit. We're for each other, we're with each other. This dynamic here. But Brindley, she's hot and cold, Miss Independent. She's at two years old already saying, Daddy, I did it myself. She's just like so proud of herself when she does it. Daddy, I did it myself. She came in yesterday with her like little gymnastics outfit on, like a little onesie. And she's like, Daddy, I did it myself. (laughs) Which means she put it on herself. I'm like, cool, you did it, that's awesome. But she's like, could be one or the other, super hoo, hoo, ha, ha. It's a lot of that. Now, who does this sound like? I mean, if you're in here, who does this sound like? That kind of like, one moment, it's all good. The next moment, it is not. One moment, I love you. The next moment, I don't. Anybody, who does this sound like? Don't hit your spouse. I know what you're trying to do right now, okay? You're gonna lose some points, right? You know what it sounds like? It sounds like you and me. That's who it sounds like. You know why? Because how many times are we like that with God? It's all good. My God has blessed me. I'm empowered to prosper. Amen. My God is good. You know, I prayed for this and he did it. I serve a good, good God. Glory God. And then the next moment, something doesn't work out. God, where have you? Has thou forsaken me? I don't like you, God. You know, we live in that like up and down. It's us, right? How many many of us are going to get to heaven and all of a sudden we're going to have a realization of like, oh, see God, we didn't see you doing it like that. And if you would have just came down and told us, then we wouldn't have had that problem, you know? And that, that guy, that girl, we oh, we see now that that wasn't it. Okay, right? That, how many of us live in that realm, right? I think a lot of us are gonna get to heaven and we're gonna start, like, we'll be right there. Like, what in the world? We, if we just trusted, pressed into that, we would have been in a much, more, a much better mental and emotional state just to trust God that his plans are good for us, man, as we move forward inside of our lives. And a lot of that in this dynamic, when it comes to the family, is the same way. There's ups, there's downs, there's all arounds. But if we just trust God, God's at work in the mix of it. We just gotta be continue to be moldable and shapeable in the process of leading inside of the home and, and carrying out our roles and responsibility. The home is so powerful. It's immensely powerful. There's so much going on inside of the home. We got to be careful that if we don't see the value of it, we won't put the proper time into understanding it and developing ourselves in order to lead it. We got to be extremely careful. Jesus was confronted by some Pharisees and Sadducees whenever he was doing miracles and healing people, and they wanted to accuse him of being a prince of demons. Like he's a prince of demons, he's in cahoots with the enemy um, and, and he's getting all this accusation. Well, he would come back and say, well, how, how can I be in cahoots with the devil? How can I be, uh, cahoots, that's a great word. How can I be uh, partnered with the devil? I'll say it that way. How can I be partnered with the devil? You know, what does this look like? You know, uh, how can a house be um, splintered in its purposes or divided inside of its purposes and continue to move forward? You know, any house that's splintered or divided in their purposes is going to fall. So he'd say this in Mark chapter three, Mark chapter three says this, similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. So the reference, direct reference inside of here, if you're taking it in context, is not directly towards the family, but if Jesus uses a family uh, principle here or a parable here, he's using this to say, I think we can take it from a family dynamic. Any house that is splintered by feuding will fall apart. Any house that has Division, any house that doesn't have the same purpose, any marriage, it's going to fall apart. And so we cannot allow this inside of our dynamic of family today, inside of our relationships and marriage. We gotta be wise enough and old enough and mature enough as uh, adults to say, if this is going on in this house, according to Jesus, it's not going to stand. It's going to fall apart. We we have a responsibility as parents and as adults to say, this home has to be the best thing possible to produce the best possible children that we can. That is our responsibility. Now, oftentimes you see pictures like this, us every single week, this is me and my wife and our girls and it's all good in the hood. But really the picture, any type of family picture should look like this. This is how it should look like. We are all test dummies on this big journey to figure out what in the world we're doing. We just hope that we look like this at the end of the journey, let's be honest, right? We hope we get to the end of it we're like, okay. We were all test dummies and we actually look pretty good, right? On the journey, we did not get tore up from the floor up. Yes, tore up from the floor up. <laughs> It's a reality. We're all on this journey together and in, when it comes to the family dynamic, we wanna succeed. Now, number one, if you want to write this down, the first thing we got to succeed in is God's, fam, uh, God's design for the family. If we're going to win with the family dynamic, we got to win with God's design. We can try to figure out man's design and how they want to do it, how they want to operate, all that other stuff. But if we're going to win, it's got to win by God's design. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We're not just creating good things. We're creating God things. We're creating God things that's going to be sustainable. It's going to last for eternity, right? We want a healthy society built on godly principles. So, number one, we talked about this last week, and just to start it off for this week, Ephesians 5:33 says this from the marriage dynamic: love and respect. Husbands, love as you love yourself. Women, respect your man. Okay, respect your man. I just like saying it that way. Respect your man. Husbands, love your wives. Pursue them, value them, give of yourself for them. Go over and above for them, love them. Women, respect your husband. He's not a dirt dirt bag, you know, deadbeat. He may be acting like that, but that's not who he's called to be. So see them as God sees them and see them for who they can be. Respect them, love them, empower them, strengthen them, do your best to serve them. Same thing, on, it's a, vice versa, Right. We live in a dysfunctional society, so it's going to take some mature individuals rising up to live something rather than living something and being something rather than having to always reciprocate it. And so we got to rise up in a generation, whatever it is, you got dysfunction going on in your home, you got dysfunction. So let's jump into that. There's dysfunctional homes in which we live in here today, right? There's dysfunctional homes. But the design around that home is an Ephesians uh, 6 conversation that you would flip over and say, okay, well, what as parents is our responsibility? As husband and wife, this is the health that we're creating. As parents, what are we creating? When we're creating children, we want them to obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on this earth. Right. So every parent inside of here would say, "Amen." God's design is that the children inside of the home would obey and honor their parents. Now, is that the starting point? No, <laughs> it's not the, the starting point. Oftentimes things start completely different than what this design is, but it is at least our intent to get it to that point. Destination. This is God's design. That children would live in this place. We love you. We honor you. We're in this place. Now, the second part of this would say, what we have to do and be careful to do inside of this. Fathers or parents, I added or parents in. It's speaking to parents in general when it's saying this. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. So parents... The way you are treating your children, treat them differently. Don't don't treat them in this harsh way that you crush their spirits in the process that leads them to anger and all this other stuff. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. With a good discipline that comes from the Lord, a good instruction that comes from the Lord. That's how we're called to raise them up. So there's a healthy way to do this, and this is the way I would say Uh, we should, or this is the unhealthy way in which we should do it. Let's look at this cycle first. The unhealthy way that a family operates and you may experience inside of the the family you grew up in, it may be like this right here. You may have had a parent or you may be a parent here today that is operating from a place of fear. My position, fear me. uh, uh, If you don't fear me and you don't do what I say, then there's consequences to that. You may get verbally abused. You may get physically abused uh whatever it may be right fear me now i'm not saying for anybody to raise your hand i'm not saying any of that right now but this is the unhealthy model fear the position i am your father and mother fear me right harsh you know what that does well i'll honor you for the position not for who you are i'll obey you because i don't want to deal with the consequences I don't wanna deal with those consequences. You're gonna harm me, you're gonna hurt me. You're gonna like, I'm gonna have emotional pain from this. This is gonna be challenging. And so I'll love you because of the position. That's my father, that's my mother. I love them, I care for them. I always want restored relationship with them, but I cannot trust them because they don't love me. They haven't modeled that they love me. All all they've modeled for me is, I must get into alignment with what they wanna do. So out of all of this, it's dysfunctional. You may see this inside of your family. Maybe you don't, and that's good. And some of you guys are like, oh my God. that's uh... Some families are like this, right? We've got some Hispanic families in here. You know what's up right now. <laughs> La chancla don't come from nowhere, okay? Let's be honest. La chancla is a real deal, holy-filled thing. Our mothers love us, though, right, You know. You know. But there's some, it, it gets twisted inside of here, right? It's really twisted. But there's a healthy model that God has called us to live in. This is, I would say, the healthy model. We we start from a premise of love. This is what God's design is for us. God loved us, right? He is love. This is the start of the conversation when it comes to a, a relationship with our creator. Yet while we are sinners, Jesus, right? Yet while we are sinners, Christ died for us. There was this act of love that was done. I see the best in you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it together. But who I am is wanna display to you that you are valuable, that you are worth it. So I'm going to do something on behalf of you. This is the agape love that comes from a heavenly father that it's not conditional. It is his placement towards us as humanity. This is our heart as parents. We wanna live in that agape space to say, our kids can fail, fall short, make bad choices, live, you know, do things directly against our authority, but they'll never lose our love. They'll never lose our love. We're here, we love them, we care for them, right? We wanna support them, we wanna build them up, we wanna lift them up, we wanna encourage them, right? And through this, if you get a good healthy model on that, honor is very easy for our children. My parents love me. I honor you. You're my my dad, my mom. I love you. You love me. I love you. I will honor you for the position in which you have. You ask me to do something. I trust that you have my best interests at heart. You want something better for me that maybe I don't see. You've modeled that in the way in which you live. So I'm going to obey you. All good. I get it. Now, there's some issues here whenever they're teens. We get that, right? But the position is there's already been rooted and established love inside of our lives that this becomes Easy, an easier conversation that when it comes here, we respect them. I respect my mom and dad, I respect them for what they have done, how they have loved me, how they've cared for me inside of my life. And the cycle just goes on and on. That's a healthy model, isn't it? Interesting that the model would pretty much reflect the, the model that Jesus has for us. Here's the Jesus model let me give you Jesus, who is love. Because of what Jesus has done, we honor him and value him. We obey what he's asking us to do in our lives and how we're living. We're losing our life, giving up our lives. We're not hanging on to it. We're grabbing hold of our cross. We're following him. We're obedient to his word because of what he has done for us. He loves us. Amen. And so we just continue to live a life of faith and love towards him. Just like that. It just keeps on rolling, rocking and rolling. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, if love is gonna be the premise of a healthy household, we gotta jump into a conversation that often you hear inside of a wedding ceremony. And maybe for a few of you guys that are sitting really close to each other but don't have a ring on it, maybe this will be in yours in just a few months, uh, whatever it may be. But if you look at this, maybe from a premise of love, you can see this in, in this conversation and say, what today am I not doing as a parent? What today can I do as a parent? What today can I learn? What, what can I do? If love is the, the <laughs> premise that drives a relationship, a healthy relationship. How can I grow? And this is 1 Corinthians 13. It's talking about this love component, what love is. Love is patient. Love is, uh, and love is patient and kind. Amen to that. Because in relationship, there's a lot of opportunity to be not so patient. I'm glad I wear my, my squeaky shoes today. because Right? Anybody ever hear that with your parents? You're like, oh my God, hey, run. Love is patient. Especially in marriage. Really patient. I want you to do what you're not doing, so therefore I'm frustrated because I really know you really, really well. Really well. Patient and kind. You've hurt you, you hurt me, you harmed me. You didn't do something I wanted you to do. You haven't hit my expectation. Patience. Children, you keep on failing, and making the same mistake. Patience. Kindness. I'm gonna I'm gonna respond in who I am, as we talked about last week with triggers, respond in who I am, not in what you've done, because I love. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, it does not demand its own way, it is not irritable and it is not does not keep record of being wronged. Amen, marriages, women. Um, <laughs> verse number six. <laughs> It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. This is love, right? Faith, hope, and love, it says at the latter part of this chapter, and the greatest of these is love. Love is the premise that drives the relationship. If you are a parent inside of here, it does not matter what you accomplish inside of life if you don't have love first part of this is what it's saying. You can do all these incredible things inside of your life, incredible musician, all this stuff. But if you do not have love, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. It doesn't matter how much Bible you know. It doesn't matter how well you can sing, how, how well you can serve inside a church. If you don't have love, Paul's saying you are only a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And I'll tell you right now, if you got on that puppy right there and started hitting those noisy gong and the clanging cymbals, it would be really, really annoying. And so, if you don't want to live an annoying life by the life in which you are leading that does not start from a premise of love, more than likely you should hone into this to say, How, am I, how can I love better? As a parent, how can I love better? How can I operate in patient and kindness more? How can I operate in this place where I'm uh, slow to anger, all of the fruits of the Holy Spirit inside of my life? And I, in every circumstance, man, I'm just patient and I'm kind through the process. How can I do that? something we all got to focus on because here's the deal, we're leaving something and the legacy I think we want to leave is this right here. We want to leave a legacy of generational health. We want to leave a legacy of blessing inside of our family, the next generation. We may be living in this right here today and you may be living right here with generational dysfunction on what you've lived in inside of, inside of your life. Hey, we get it. A previous generation has lived something they have. That's fine. But you're a, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a parent here today. Are you in this place to say, I'm not going to live from that to create generational dysfunction? I'll just tell you today for all the religious people in here, well, it could be a generational curse. The curse died on the cross. Stop with the generational curse deal and the super spiritual stuff. This is a generational dysfunction. Bad behaviors passed down to the next generation that you are a grown backside adult that gets yourself in gear to say, I'm going to be something new because of what good work of Christ inside of my life. I will not repeat bad behaviors because I've grown up. I'm not an adolescent in extended growth where I have a body of a grown man, but I have an emotional state, the spiritual state of a child. I'm grown. I'm grown up. I do not want to create generational dysfunction. It is our responsibility to create this inside of the home. You know what the home is? The home is a personal development program to get kids from point A to point B. That's what we're here to do. We are all here to say, hey, our children, we want to get them to 18 where they're not just leaving the house. They know how to live when they leave the house. There's a lot of kids leaving our house today that don't know how to live. That's why the whole idea and the connotation around kids that go off to college, these kids get crazy. Why? Because they didn't have a parent inside of the home teaching them with characters and values and purpose inside of life. now they're wilding out inside of college. Not saying you did. I'm saying your kids might. I know a few of you guys. Don't act like you said there like, yeah, damn right there. Right? There is so much chaos and sin that is lived out in college today because there's so many young people that don't know who they are. And everybody else is trying to lead them in how they should live and what they should value. And usually in that corrupted society, the values don't line up with biblical principles. Ah. We've got to be careful in our world today. You now, I was thinking about it. What is our responsibility as parents? Our responsibility is to send these kids out of the nest. But you know what kids look like whenever they first enter, you know, in, first in our homes, this is what they look like. <laughs> you know what kind of bird that is? Anybody know what kind of bird that is? This is a bald eagle. There you go. They're going to look like this someday. There we go. It's going to look like that someday. They're going to look like that someday. They're going to be, whoo, the, the national bird, the bald eagle, right? There's nothing like, pff, look at that, like, Yeah. Here's the deal, they start off looking like this. They start off looking crazy, (laughs) acting crazy, looking a fool, right? Our responsibility is to get them to turn into a bald eagle looking like this. But how many of our young people today look like this on the outside, but actually look like that on the inside? They are emotionally and spiritually completely immature because they've grown in stature, but they have not matured in character. Woo! Whose responsibility is that? not the teacher at the school, not the coach at the school. Those are all secondary individuals. We as the parents are the primary individuals that are putting our hands on our kids, all up in the mix with our kids, know what's going on with our kids. We gotta be intentional with uh, uh, parenting our specific kids. We gotta be the intentional ones parenting our kids. We got to win in that area of our lives. That is our responsibility. Nobody else's responsibility. Every father inside of here, guess what your responsibility is whenever you get to heaven or your your accountability is when you get to heaven. Jesus is going to look at you and say, how were you a man that led your home? Doesn't matter the society you lived in and the chaos that was created around the identity of man in your generation. Did you know God's word? Did you have the courage to live God's word? Did you have the courage to lead inside of your home? Or did you just walk outside of that home because you had somebody in that home was trying to take your position? You went and did a hobby. You got addicted to this. You hung out in the bars. You did whatever. You had all your best friends. You left the home. You abandoned your home because you didn't man up. That's the accountability that's coming from Jesus whenever we get to heaven with everything else. It's a part of it. But every man in here has got a responsibility to lead inside of the home. And if you are passing that off to anybody else, you are doing a disservice to your home and more than likely you're on a pathway of dysfunction. Your kids aren't seeing a healthy model. You're called to lead inside of that home. It's our responsibility. It takes 10 weeks for these birds to be hatched inside of this nest before they start getting to that place where they're, they're flying out of it. Now, I'll tell you, we would have a lot more kids if this was the case, <laughs> right? 10 weeks, we're done. Praise God, you got on your own. All good, right? <laughs> 18 years, I think we'll slow it down a little bit, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. But what you find inside of here is there's two parents in this eagle's nest that are developing. They both are, you know, uh, they both care over the egg. Both of them sit on that and make sure that it's being, uh, has the right temperature, everything. They're both building the nest. They're both engaged in the process to get that little bird to a place where he is soaring in all that he was called to soar in. That is the same thing on a responsibility. We are the coaches inside of our home. We are the individuals that have our hands in the mix. We are intentionally developing them. So the first phase of this, I would say is this. Phase number one, we are the commanders inside of our home. Between the ages of one and five, we're the commanders. What does that mean? We're saying, this is how it's done. This is how it needs to be done. You know, these are the parameters right here. We're the commanders. We're there's commands all the time. Those kids are trying to figure it out. <laughs> If you've ever had kids one to five, you understand this. I'm in the middle of it right now. The best encouragement I got was this stage will pass, which is not very much encouragement. He's saying, just wait until the stage is over. I'm like, when is it over? God help me. But when it comes to correction at this stage, the the things that you want to correct in is disobedience, dishonesty, you want to correct in those things. And um, there's another diss in there. Do I have the diss up here? No, I don't. Okay. So, but in this area, you, the dishonesty, the disloyalty and disrespect, there you go. These are the areas that you want to be, you want to correct in. When your children are disobeying or, or disrespecting somebody or doing any of that, you want to live from a place where you're, you're correcting them. Like, that's not how we operate. That's not how we do that. You're giving the commands. You are directing. You're the commander. They're looking for you for, for guidance. They don't know how to do things. There's a lot of that going on. Don't know how to do it. How do, I, how do I get this done? So they're looking for you to guide and direct. and have, Help me struggle. Now, a key, key thing at this stage right here is that we don't cry over <laughs> spilt milk. Very good, very good. You're in it, all right, good, good. good. We don't cry over spilt milk. How easy is it is easier for us at this stage when we're the commanders to have kids after we're tired right? The worst thing you can do as a parent today is have no margin for your kids. The worst thing you can do. You know, you have, you're not intentional. You're not, you know, you know uh, specific. You're not like building it in. You're, you have no margin for your kids because you wake up, you put them together, take them off to school. They're there. You go to work, 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 work. You go pick them up. You get home. They're going to make food. You get, get ready for the bedtime deal. You got about two hours in between there. Spilt milk. We'll just go off that analogy. A lot of stuff happens. Spilt milk represents a lot. Spilt milk, how easy is it in the low amount of margin, the, the lack of margin we have to emotionally and, and, and physically to be like, what are you doing? Gosh, you're so stupid. How many times am I gonna tell you this? Why did you do this again? And we step in, not being loving or kind, and we crush spirit. They're just trying to figure it out. They're clumsy, <coughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, me included, Brynn, oh my gosh. Now here's the deal, Brynn with my car. Oh, Jesus, Lord. With my car, in the back of my car. I should have had, and she didn't have this anymore, and this is a lesson learned. She took a full yogurt, and just because, poured it out right in the backseat. Like, looking straight at me, like, say something. Now you better believe, your boy want to be like, what are you doing? I wanted to, and I did. Um, so, <laughs> help a brother out right now. But I quickly had to grab his What are you doing? You're so, um, oh, well, okay, thank you, Brynn. I'm going to have to go clean that up now. My car's going to smell like not good for a while. Awesome, right? But it's very easy in this stage as we are, They're just like trying to figure things out to crush spirit. And it's very easy to start generalizing things, right? They're just young and they're trying to figure it out. The second phase is five to 12, right? We're personal trainers at this stage. This is what we are, we're the personal trainers. We're the individuals like, okay, let me show you how it's done. I'm gonna tell you how it's done. I'm gonna show you how it's done and you're gonna see me live this thing out. You're gonna, like it's all gonna be here. I'm the personal trainer. I'm in this, I'm invested in this. I'm giving you my time. We're here, I'm I'm with you, let's go. This time is like, they're trying to, you know, figure things out. They're trying to get a little bit of an independence right here. You know, they're working on it. They're they're stepping out. They need the coaching though. They need to be told. They need to be constantly told. They need to be taught. Like, what is the reasoning behind that? You can't just live in, right? The authoritative state of fear because I said. The best thing you can do with your kids is explain why. If they have a why, that why will be everywhere else inside of their life. You can say one why, and all of a sudden it attributes to 10 other things inside of their life. So rather than having to address 10 things, you can say one why, and now you empower them in order to lead their lives in those 10 other things by their own accord, their own decision-making. Because you taught them, you trained them, you developed them. This is the personal development program. You developed it in them. You didn't just have to authoritatively lord it over them. You're pouring it in. You're the personal trainer at this stage. You know, the next stage, when you go to 12 from 18, this is the stage where you are the, um, what's the next part? You are the counselor and the coaches, there you go. You're the counselor and you're the coaches. The key part of this stage right here, from counselor to coach, in this key stage, you are, uh, you are taking them from dependence to independence. It's my, like, trying to figure this thing out, I'm dependent on you to do this, Now you're moving them from dependence to independence. This is where the statement I come in on like, you are putting in them by teaching and training five to 12. Now you are allowing them step out and they've already have a few experiences. You're giving them a little bit more freedom. You're asking more questions. They're making decisions. They're going to fail morally. They're going to fail leadership in their lives. They're gonna do things that are out of alignment. You can't get around that every teenager did it and you did it also, right? You did it too. You did some crazy things you made some bad choices. You tried to get out of some things, right? You did. They're going to do it too. So if we constantly fear, why are you doing? It's a part of their development process, teaching, coaching, training. We're the counselor saying, hey, that's not going to lead to what ultimately you want to see inside of your life, yeah. right? I'm going to coach you inside of your life. This is how you live. This is how you get better. This is how you develop inside of your life. That is where we are at, counselors and coaches, directing, coaching, training, teaching, all that, in that stage, trying to get them independent. Now here's a key statement that needs to be made. Every mother inside of here, that you have a dysfunctional relationship with your spouse and you have sons, you have to be really careful to not make those sons your emotional support system. If you do, you will stifle their growth. If they're doing for you what your husband should be doing, you gotta be really careful that all of a sudden you aren't like helicopter mom in all this stuff. I love you, Uh, you know, all that other stuff. Uh, And now you are just completely offsetting what needs to happen in a marriage. You're passing down and needing value and affection from your children. You will set that child, that son up for uh, failure for sure. They're expecting future ladies to be what you are today, picking up and caring, doing all their stuff. They don't know how to live. They don't want to make the choices. Mom did all of that stuff. They don't want to wash their clothes. They don't know how to do it. Mom did all of that, right? You, you can stifle a child's growth by you getting something emotionally from this child that you should be getting from your spouse. You got to put the work into the relationship with your marriage, to get your kid, 12 to 18, independent of you, that when they get out of the house, they are living. They know how to live. They don't just grown body, not knowing how to live, how to make choices. And on the other side of that, every man inside of here that has daughters, if your daughters do not know you love them, you're setting your daughters up for success because they're gonna try to find the love they desire from you in a boy. And that boy, all he wants is what they have, not who they are you got to value who they are so they don't, they don't fall, fall victim to any scrub that wants them for the assets in which they have, but wants them for who they truly are. We need ladies that say, I am valuable. I am of high price. You don't get the present, right, until Christmas. Amen? And Christmas is whenever God brings this covenant together. Amen? So if you want it, then you better show that you are worth it because I ain't falling victim to your Uh, lack of of understanding and lack of character. I'm not going to fall victim to that because my dad has already told me who I am and how valuable I am. So you got to be careful, dads. You're dysfunctional in your relationship with your daughters and or your sons, both. It goes both ways. You got to get those things healthy. I don't know how. Well, you're a grown backside adult, time to get yourself in gear to say, how God do I love my sons? How God do I love my daughters? If you're a woman, I never had that for my dad. I never had that for my mom. Figure that puppy out. Start loving. The good thing to do is you start loving on them. How about you start loving them? How about you start affirming them? How about you start speaking life into them? How about you start praying blessings over them? How about you start celebrating the small victories in their lives and not just pointing out all the failures? That's a good start. But you got to get it right. You got to do net, start now. You get to a parent, uh, you get into the, the, the stage where you are just a, oh, what's the last stage? The last stage is you're a consultant. When you're in this last stage, when they're 18 and older, this is where you get. If you've had dysfunction growing up, more than likely you have no calls from your kids. Why are you going to call somebody that's just going to judge you, criticize you, never brought value to your life, never showed love to you, more than likely, you are, if you are in this age right now and you don't have kids calling you, it's because there's been dysfunction in the past. That's your responsibility to go fix. That's on you. We don't want to get here. We want to be the best friends. We're celebrating you inside of life. We, we taught and trained you, Proverbs 22. We taught and trained you in the ways in which you should go. We're believing that now that you're an adult, you're out of the home. You will not depart from these ways that we taught and trained you inside of the home, but it is your choice at this moment in time. We're just living the principles of God. We're just showing it to you. And we hope that you realize the value inside of it, but it's not our responsibility to tell you how to live. You are a grown adult. I'm not here to parent you anymore. I am out of the home. I left my father and my mother. I cleaved to another individual, a wife and or a husband. And the two of us have become one. I'm not here to be in a, you know, uh, connected to my parents. I'm out of that household now. I'm separate, I'm independent. Yeah. We wanna be the best friends to them now. We wanna counsel them, hey, what do you need help with? We're here to support you. We're not your bank. You don't come from money from us. Don't come asking for money from us. You know, if you're in desperate need, hey, ask. But we're not your personal bank. We are your parents. We love you, we care for you. And you are a grown adult now, okay? I don't want you living in my basement. Why, because I trained you up. You got character and discipline and purpose and heart, work ethic in your life because I trained you up. I did my responsibility as a coach in this house. My personal development, you are who you are called to be. You're, you're gonna do all that God has called you to be in this life because I was intentional. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you're gonna do all of this, the last thing I'll leave you with is you gotta win with your schedule. Good. All of this is contingent upon time. If you don't got the time, they don't care. And with you not having the time shows that you don't care. How do you spell love with kids? T-I-M-E, time. You gotta win with your schedule. You know the scripture that stands out to be anytime I look at the landscape of family is in uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16, Jesus speaking to a, 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 a different context of Uh, gaining the world and all this other stuff, hanging on to life and losing it. But here's a key statement that Jesus makes in the middle of this. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? The whole intent behind Jesus talking here is you can do incredible things, you can accomplish incredible things, you can make a ton of money, but what good is all of that if you lose your soul? What would be the purpose in all of that? You got a million dollars in the bank account and then you die, you spend the rest of eternity in hell. Why would you do that? You don't want so much blessing that you lose sight of God in the process because you will undermine your walk with the creator because you've looked at what you have and thought it was better than what God could provide. Although you lost sight that God has provided it the whole way, (laughs) all of it anyway. Every good gift comes from the father. Every good gift. So here you are in this place, What good is it to gain all of this and lose your soul? I would say it this way when it comes to your family. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own family in the process? Is anything worth more than your family? Outside of Jesus, if you are a mother or father, there is nothing more important in your life than the family dynamic you are living in here today, your spouse and your kids. Nothing else is more important, nothing else. I don't care what you are doing today. Nothing is more important than that in God's eyes. You can live with dysfunction in your upbringing, not feeling like you were valuable, that you could do it. You could be living as a workaholic today, trying to receive all these accolades and accomplishments inside of the world. Get everybody to say, wow, look at that individual. You can make a million dollars, hundred million dollars, one trillion dollars. You can make all this money and lose your family in the process. What good is it? Everything's gotta be in parallel. Everything's gotta be in balance. You can gain, but you've got to schedule it in. You gotta be intentional about your family. It's gotta matter to you. If it matters to you, you will change your schedule to be present for your kids. You will do it. Well, my boss was saying that I gotta stay late. Well, tell your boss, no because my family is important to me, I value them, so I gotta be home at this time so that I can be present for my kids, I can't do it. Yeah. You have to be willing to say, I will lose this, whatever, because I wanna make sure that my family is good, because I don't wanna lose that. Yeah. I love the story of an individual, Jim Shepard, he's the CEO of a, a consulting company in the church world, highly, uh, um, highly influential, uh, very successful guy, he said every Tuesday, did not matter where he was inside of the nation, he would fly back to be at his daughter's basketball game. He would fly back to be present at the basketball game. He'd be there, he'd cheer for her. They would go to eat after, and then he would jump on a plane and fly to wherever else to be back on Wednesday for whatever else of development he was doing. At 18 years old, that girl put in a senior note that they wrote to their parents, dad, I remember when you used to fly from everywhere inside of the country and you would come to my games and you would cheer for me and you were present and you were there. you cared. I remember that. You know, Ellis just had this performance this last week. She's in a Spanish immersion school. They only speak Spanish to her. She's learning about Peru right now. (laughs) And they had this little performance this past week on Thursday, this performance about Peru, and they're doing a song or whatever, and Heather couldn't be there. She had a surgery, and she was running from here to there and all that. She couldn't be there, but I could change my schedule to be there. And so I did. 10 o'clock, I showed up. You know, what's crazy. Every single one of those kids, they were walking out. The first thing they did before they l- this looked at the landscape of everything that's going on, they were looking back at where their kids were. They sat down, or look, looking at where their parents were. Of all this class right here, this is uh, Ellis's class, look how many of these kids are turned around saying, where are my parents at? Are my parents here, are they present? Do they care? You can't always be present, don't get me wrong, but if you are a parent inside of here, you wanna work in collaboration with your spouse that somebody is always present. Because this is what kids are doing. If it matters to them, it mattered to her. She got a whole Peru song. Me, paru, me, paru, me, paru, me, paru. (laughs) I mean, it's the, (laughs) it it was a minute and 15 seconds long. It was a minute, 15 seconds long. I stood there for 44 minutes waiting for a minute and 15 seconds. But during that 45 minutes, she probably looked at me 45 times. And I already set her up to say, hey, whenever I see you out there, give me a big ol' wink. (laughs) So every couple minutes, she would lock eyes with me probably every minute, and she'd look back at me and give me a big (laughs) ol'. Here's the deal, if it matters to them, it it should matter to us. What do we do, what do we gain if we gain the world? How many billionaires today have gained financial success, uh, accolades by man's ideas, but they're missing it with God and their kids are killing themselves at the greatest rate that we've ever seen in history today. Because their parents weren't present. Their parents were doing everything else, searching everything else, addicted, workaholics, tied up in social media. What is does it gain? We're losing our families. What does it matter? We're losing our families. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, yeah. Yeah, Pastor, I I, I hear exactly what you're saying because my parent wasn't present. Yeah, Pastor, you're speaking my story. Yeah, yeah, my, my parents have been absent in my life. They, they, they didn't care. Maybe you have gone through the dysfunctional place where it was all fear. And in that fear place, when it came down to living, you experienced the verbal abuse. You had the parent telling you that you are never gonna add up, you're never gonna make it. Maybe you did have a parent that just didn't care about you. Maybe you did have the parent that physically laid their hands on you. They were aggressive, they were physical with you, and you walked through that pain. Maybe you have a parent that spoke just criticism over your life and your existence. Never spoke to value. Maybe that is you. Let me just say it today. You never, you may never receive the apology that you deserve. You may never receive the apology that you deserve. But I pray that you heal anyways. I pray that you heal anyways. I pray that you say, okay. They're they're not in a place where they even recognize it. They even understand it. My parents... You know, they, they don't even understand the, the dysfunction. My parents are just trying to live today and on. Maybe, maybe you have kind of patched some things together with your parents and you're out of the home now and you're, you're a parent yourself and you're trying to get things right. And you're expecting at some point in time through this relationship that you have this patched relationship with your parents, that at some point in time, they're going to come back to you and say, hey, sorry, all those times I verbally abused you. Hey, sorry, all those times I was really, really harsh with you. Sorry. all I mean, you're expecting that. Here's the deal. It may never happen, but I pray that you heal anyways. This is what Jesus has provided for us. We may have a ton of scar tissue from our upbringing. That scar tissue does not have to carry over into dysfunction in our parenting because we want generational blessing, generational health. We don't want generational dysfunction. Yeah. I'm gonna have you guys stand up just for a moment here. And what I wanna do in here is I wanna pray over us today that maybe today you are the father that has been the harsh one. You are living from a pl- position of fear. You know, if your kids said, hey, well, what, what do you think about your dad? Love would not come out. What do you think about your mom? Love would not be the first thing on their mind. Maybe this is you today, you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I'm going through it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that. I, I think the dysfunctional, man, it's just all fear and it was all positional, it was all who they were. It's not based on what they've done. The sad thing about our society today is when we've seen dysfunction, as much as we don't wanna re- repeat it, we do. That is the sad thing about our society. Transformation through Jesus Christ can change a heart that we are the new creation. We don't operate in that, oh, that angry, emotional state to try to push people down for our own value. We we lift people up based on the value Jesus has shown in our lives. Maybe you are living here today and you're repeating those behaviors. Maybe your schedule, maybe it is work, maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's social media and you are completely absent from your spouse and or your children time to stop. It's time to change it. It's time to say enough is enough. What in the world are we gaining at the expense of our families and possibly more than likely our own soul, as Jesus said it? Can we change it? Can we shift it up? Can we say, no, we're going to win in these areas of our lives. We want God's design. We want to be intentional parents. We want to be individuals that win with our schedules. We're going to change all of this up. We'll, we'll turn our world upside down. In order to create healthy families we'll we'll change our schedule so that if my kid is out of anything yodeling competition whatever it may be when they look back what are they going to see they're going to see one of us standing there saying you're the best yodeler there ever will be are we willing to change it are we willing to shift it are we willing to say we may never get that apology but we're going to heal anyways we're going to heal for the sake of our children, for the sake of our marriage. What God has brought together, let no man separate that. Let no thing separate that. So if you're here, they're gonna sing it. We're just give me Jesus, they'll sing it behind us, but I want you just to sit there and rest in this place to say, I wanna be healed by Jesus. Take all the scar tissue away, Jesus. Every word that's been spoken, everything that's been said, every action that's been lived, I want healing. I'm going to pray over you guys as they sing. God, we come to you, Lord. We thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you see us for who we are, the value of who we are, God. We are your children. You're willing to give the best for us, you gave the best for us. Lord, you provided a way that we can find complete healing inside of our lives. We can be in right relationship with you. All the dysfunction completely dealt with in one prayer, a salvation prayer. We can be healed and restored. We can be set free from the chaos of our past. That's you today that you need to receive Jesus. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. Make me new today. I receive you. I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I need to be put back together. Father, for all the marriages today that are operating in dysfunction, they're allowing dysfunction. They're a splintered home that you speak of that is going to fall apart. They are living on a ticking time bond. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, you give a a conviction on the inside of them, God, that every wound from their childhood, every emotional and spiritual immaturity that they've allowed to exist in their marriage dynamic would be dealt with today, no longer. No longer do they accept this reality. They fight for what matters, the relationship that defines the home. Lord, I pray as health is found in marriages today, it flows throughout every square inch of the home. Fathers, you heal people. You're healing children, but you're also healing parents. And those parents are parenting children. So Lord, I pray for health to flow out of parents here today, God. That Lord, love would flow in and out of them. As they freely receive it from you, may they freely give it to their children. May they instruct them and guide them. May they not be uh, uh-uh confused by the the differences, God. May they be wise in their approach, God, on how to instruct, how to develop, how to teach, how to encourage, how to build up, how to support. God, give them the wisdom necessary to do so. Jesus, you can bring all things together. We pray you would do that now. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. And everybody says... Amen. And amen and amen. And amen. 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 I know that's a lot of information in a short period of time. It was like eating at a buffet for 45 minutes. I get it. And the plates just keep on chama gaucho, right? They just keep on bringing the meat. You're like, no. But you may never get the apology heal, anyways. If you took anything out of it, adjust your schedule. Your kids spell love, T-I-M-E. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Get in the mix to love them, amen?